Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. And this week's very special guest is none other than Kyleen, who is at Black Diabetic Girl on Instagram. Welcome, Kyleen. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, guys. We're so excited to have you on. Um, we're just, we're, we're big fans of everything you got going on. And also, we just love to chat, um, as we just discussed before hitting record. Uh, Sounds like my type of party. <laughs> welcome. So to, to kick things off, Kylene, I'd like to start how we start every other episode, which is discussing guest diagnosis stories. Sure. Um, care to share? Sure. Um, I apologize to those that have heard it a million times, but for those that haven't heard it, here you go. So I was originally misdiagnosed. I was diagnosed in 2010 as type 2 for various obvious reasons um, that we need to fix in the healthcare system. Um, But after a couple of times being admitted into the hospital um, and just talking about with one of the doctors, um, different things that I'm on. And um, she went and told another doctor and they were like, let's run a couple other tests. And they came back and they were like, so no, you're not type two. You are type one. And here we are. <laughs> so it was how it, long how long was the lag before they fixed the diagnosis? Oh man, I feel like it was forever, but it was probably in between about 6 to 8 months that I kept going back to the oh. hospital. I um kept having pancreatitis flare-ups. Oh and my gosh. So, um, that last one kind of was a horrible show and um that's when they Mm -hmm. were like let's let's do some more talking and they came you know they ran different tests and they came back and said you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. I actually that is very similar to my diagnosis story I was misdiagnosed with uh, pre-diabetes slash type 2 for Mm -hmm. about a year and a half Um, and they put me on metformin and then I got really sick from being on metformin and I was like, nope. So then they cut out carbs all, all together for a year, which is not fun. Right. Um, That's literally did not have fruit for like a year. Like I was like, this is unhealthy. This cannot be normal. Um, so that's wild to hear that we, I mean, my diagnosis was in 2014, but that wasn't too far off. It's not. And it's so crazy because ever since I've shared, like started to really talk about my story. I've come across, it's so common now. And it's just crazy that, you know, you hear other people like, I have a similar story. That's similar to mine. And you're like, why? This shouldn't be at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. It's it's terrifying. And I think, you know, I feel like certain organizations like Beyond Type 1 are trying to do a better job of, of, 
kind of ad- showing, like, listen, type 1 isn't just right. little kids. Like, pe- everyone can get yep. it at any age, but there's still a long way to go. And, it definitely ugh, is. I'm sorry, guys. It definitely yeah. is. And, I, I mean, you know, I appreciate the organizations that are trying to shed light, you know, that it's not just children, but it has to be taken to the schools, too. You know, these yes. the universities that are teaching these potential doctors, doctors, Right. They need it needs to be told to them as well. You know, um, the endocrinologists, the PCPs, all of them need to be reeducated and told this information because you shouldn't just walk into an emergency room or a doctor's office and they kind of like look at you and just go, "Mm, you're type two, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, that's absolute no. bullshit. Like, I'm sorry I said it, but it just, it is. And, it I, mean, is. and I wasn't trying to say it because everyone knows that I'm a sailor. So I'm working on that. You would be best life. I mean, it, I it really know. It, it definitely is. It's, it's crazy, you know, to yeah. that people have to go through that. Like, I don't know about you, but those were horrible times going into that hospital because my, you know, because of pancreatitis, because then they put me on a medicine that really shouldn't have been for type ones, but because so it wasn't doing anything, so you still felt horrible. horrible I'm yes, sure it was, it was horrible, but it's they have Ugh. to do something has to change. You know, it has to. Yeah, the organizations yeah. can do something, but it has to be done with these universities, the healthcare systems, and those things need some new training. <laughs> For sure. And mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's it's a little bit different because obviously like no one looked at me and was like, oh, you have it's definitely type two diabetes. And I had no family history of either form of diabetes. So I feel like sometimes, at least in my case, it was like I think I was maybe 15. I had, I had just had the freshman 15. Like I just gained like 15 <laughs> pounds in college and I was like, sue me, like get over it. Um, but I was just like, there's no way I'm type two. And no matter how much I advocated for myself, my doctor just wasn't listening. So there, I mean, there's something to be said for just, you know, going with an easier diagnosis. But I think that thanks to to you going back to the hospital and you keep going in, unfortunately, in pain and not feeling well, you ultimately got that life-saving diagnosis. Otherwise, it would have been DKA, I'm sure. And I was actually in DKA mm-hmm. my last, my last, actually twice. Oh my and, lord! Yeah, hey. twice actually. That's but awful. It <sighs> is definitely not and fun. <laughs> no, you're a survivor, and you're you luckily made it out the exactly. other side. You know, and you always hear those and, stories, and you're like, "Sheesh!" It have not. <laughs> yes, you know, it might seriously. not have been that way. Very mm-hmm. true. And so now that you're you're on this side of it, thank right. God. And so how, you know, since your diagnosis, how did you develop this platform that you have now? And how did you get involved in the, the online diabetic community? So it took me a while, honestly, to even um, talk about it, to do anything. Um, I had a regular mm-hmm. Instagram page, you know, my personal one that I would yeah. always post on, but never really anything about diabetes. And then one day... Uh, I was like, dang, I don't talk to nobody. You know, where, who who do I talk to? And so then I made mm-hmm. the Instagram page, and then I was like, dang, nobody looks like me. Who, why? I know mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. And so 
that's mm-hmm. how um, the name came. That's how the page started. And then I just started, you know, um, hash, looking up hashtags and just looking at other people's um, friends and things like that. And I was like, it's got mm-hmm. to be a black woman out here somewhere. And um, they started popping up and <laughs> it brings yeah. me to today. You know, um, we live yeah. by the hashtag because it's how we, you know, hashtags help we find people or right. things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it worked out. I mean, it it was necessary for me to um, find someone that I can honestly relate to who I can look at and say, okay, they know what I'm going through or somewhat of what I'm going through. Um, mm-hmm. we have more than, you know, diabetes just to talk about. We can relate culturally and things like that. And it was just important to me to find those people because I knew that I was not alone. And so mm-hmm. here we are today. That's how I, that's kind of how it and started. It was literally a, I got to find somebody that looks like me. Right. And it's yeah. obviously, uh, a very sensitive topic and one that I feel like is is something I mean I can't speak for Miriam but it's definitely something that I was thinking about before the the before all of these current events started happening and a lack of representation and I know that there are you know plenty of people out there that that are trying to do better and be more inclusive in the conversation but it, it all starts with actually like doing the work so out of um Mm -hmm. out of all that being said is there anything that you wish people would would do as in like doing the work like what does that mean to you so it means a couple things to me because it comes from different you know a couple different um places so like organizations the companies that um you know the different diabetic companies the different diabetic organizations um, for them, they need to have diversity. You should never mm-hmm. go online and look at an ad or an Instagram page or whatever, and you see 50 posts and 45 are Caucasians and only five are Blacks. You know, right. like that, mm-hmm. it's not, um, that's not, it's not fair. It's definitely not fair for companies to do this when we spend our money just like everyone else does. Uh, Organizations, Mm -hmm. they have a duty to show representation because you want us to show up to your conferences, your whatever event that you have. You know, you want us to show up. You want our money. You send us emails Mm -hmm. constantly asking us to donate you know, give our money to something, to come to a conference, to spend money to come to some conferences, but yet you don't have representation. Too often I attend conferences and I'm sitting on a, you know, sitting in the audience and it's nothing but white men and women and I lose Mm -hmm. interest. Right. Because I can't relate to Yeah, because you're you're not represented. Um, Yeah. And, you know, that should not be. You shouldn't have an audience mm-hmm. in your room that cannot relate to something. You know, these kids mm-hmm. who are newly diagnosed or, you know, are like 
So I don't see anybody that looks like me. It's their duty to show equal representation. You know, you want us to support you, but you have to support us. And that's where the ball is dropped, you know, on their part, because Mm -hmm. we support them. You know, we show up to events. We donate our money. We walk, we cycle, we do whatever fundraisers are given. You know, um, we share their post. We give our input, but it's not given. Mm-hmm. It's it's a one-way relationship. We're not being yeah. taken seriously. We aren't being given the same opportunities as our non-Black brothers and sisters. And it's not fair. And anytime some of these people get called out, they want to say, oh, well, we had such and such at this event or yet yeah, one person. One, yeah, like they've done right, their like part. They did person, it one time. One mm-hmm. person to 10 people is nothing. You know, you can't have five different white women on a panel who represent different backgrounds and you just want to throw one black person in there that's supposed to represent our entire culture. That is not how it's done. And right. you can't do that. You know, you... you 100%. Mm-hmm. And so it's time for these companies, these uh, organizations, uh, and these influencers to step up and say, hey, listen, mm-hmm. there is a whole world out there full of African-American Black men and women who are type one and even type two who you can call on, who need to be at the table, who we need to move a chair over and make space for to attend these events and participate in them and be your spokesperson and whatever else. And until then, you know, because if we pull back our dollar, then it's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, especially now, so many people are realizing the value of black people and what we truly do bring to the table. And if we pull back so many people, are going to hurt you know we we support mm-hmm. and they have to support us and that's just kind of yeah. like the bottom line so it's like they they have to support us and it can't be fake support it has to be genuine right mm-hmm. um so I was, ahead, yeah because well the reality is obviously black people have yep. diabetes black <laughs> right. people get diabetes and if we're only looking like if I was just looking at advertisements of our insulin pump companies and our continuous glucose monitors and insulin companies, I'd have right. no clue because it's all these, you know, privileged white people. And and I take responsibility that I've fed into this too, you know. It's I, similar to Emily, I said, you know, there's no representation in the diabetic online community. It's all these privileged white people and what do I make of that? And then all the reality was they're there. I just wasn't looking for them. You know, it's, I wasn't looking harder. I wasn't taking the next step to look for people of color with type one diabetes to, to see their experiences. Mm -hmm. I could just kind of announce, Oh, this is a problem. There's a, there's a lack here, but I wasn't taking any steps further than that. And I think, you know, with this black lives matter movement, especially in the last couple of weeks, really amplifying it's forced all of us to really question our our role in all of this because we've all taken a role as as white people and it's made me realize within the diabetic community specifically 
how am I feeding into the problem versus addressing right. it and, and trying to fix and I it. Do think that and so it's, if you, I don't know if you follow Kendall Gershon, the sweet librarian, she, um, she's been, she's been advocating for a long time that she has said from the beginning that when she gets asked, she has like a pretty substantial following. So she gets asked to be on panels a lot and she always inquires as to who else will be on the panel. And if there isn't any inclusion, she says either you give my seat to a person of color or you find a way to include someone else, or I won't be on this panel. Right. And so, so that's and what I, you gotta do. Right. But I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But also we have to remember what people of color are. Because right. that's still a mm-hmm. that's still an easy way out. Because right. people of color mm-hmm. include everyone. And they'll still mm-hmm. pull, you know, have a panel and it can still have people of color, but it won't be black people. Right. So I think now is the time that we have to be specific when we're saying I'm not doing this or who's going to be there that we have to say you are lacking black people. And if there are not black people on this or at this, then I don't want to be a part mm-hmm. of it because they're take that's giving them the easy way out because then they'll say, okay, well we can have the, you know, an Asian person on our platform or our Latino or something like that, but mm-hmm. they still exclude black people and mm. while we all have a, a similar fight and we're in it together, we still have a different fight. Right. And it's so, true. It, mm-hmm. and it is. And so often I find people are scared to say, where are the black men and women? It's not a bad word. Mm-hmm. Say it. it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not bad. It's okay to say, so where is the black man or where is the black woman? Or where are the black and you know black men and women? Because we need to be included. Yes, we want people of color, mm-hmm. but we have to stand on. We need black men and women at these events to be represented. You know, you like we said, diabetes is no color. It knocks on anybody's door at any age, mm-hmm. and that's what you should be representing. It's sad that the fight is. We need different colors and shades to represent diabetes when it shouldn't even be like that. You know, it should be everyone yeah. because everyone, you know, you have people diagnosed at 40 and 50 years old. And mm-hmm. so that shows you that diabetes doesn't discriminate. Right. But unfortunately, it's discrimination within our community. Right. And. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. none of and our pancreases so... work. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're right by by it's giving these companies or these conferences a cop out by saying, oh, well, we have one person of color on this panel. So then you're forcing this one person of color to represent like 10 yep. different races. Meanwhile, we have like 10 white people and I think we're represented just right. fine. We're overrepresented and as anything. You're right. It, it becomes like a cop out. Um by just having this this person of color distinction. Exactly. I, I and yeah. Because they can't, you know, I can't speak for the Latino community. I can't speak for the Asian community. And they can't speak for me. You know, they can't speak right. for the black community. Mm-hmm. And they do it they just have to do better. They have to do better because if they're turning on their TVs and they're getting on social media now, they see that now more than ever. We are fed up Mm -hmm. and now we are Mm -hmm. fed up and we are 
doing something about it. Whereas before we might have been fed up and we'll post about it, but not really take a lot of action behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. or we didn't have a strong following to stand behind us. Now, people are people are tired with us. People are seeing how underrepresented we are. People are seeing how we are not treated. People are tired Mm -hmm. for us and with us. And so now people are banning with us and they're hearing us, you know, now they need to hear us because now it's okay. Well, if you won't represent my black friends, my people of color friends, I can't support you. And mm-hmm. it's sad to say that money will hurt. You know, you it's it's unfortunate that we the, we have to hit them in their pockets to make them realize that all matter, but it's it's what has to be done. You know, it's what's being done. Yeah. You know, you're seeing people stop spending money in places. You know, you're seeing people right. say, mm-hmm. oh, I can't support them because they don't support Blacks or they don't support people of color. I mean, yeah, on the same vein, I mean, it's also, for lack of, uh, pardon my French, if you will, but it's also bullshit yep. to... To, to say that you're representing, um, or that not you're representing, but like, you know, po- what's posting a black box on Instagram going to do if you're not going to show up and you're not going to actually talk the talk. So right. I think that the, our biggest thing from that, I mean, or I can't speak for Miriam, but my biggest thing that I wanted to get out of this episode was to give our pretty substantial amount of listeners actionable items that they can do. You know, like I know personally what I'm taking away from this and what, I've taken away from a lot of com- similar conversations I've had is we can say we're not going to support something or do something if they're not going to kind of do right by everyone who has diabetes and by our specifically our black mm-hmm. friends who who have diabetes. But I'm just not going to I'm not going to continue to accepting I can't speak anymore. That's how riled up I am. <laughs> I'm not going to sit on boards. I'm not going to accept uh, accept nominations for things if people are not, if specifically black people are not represented. Like it's just, it's enough is enough. Mm-hmm, and I right. think that we can have, you know, like years long conversations on this. But at the end of the day, if we don't see change, yep. like if we're not actively helping to make and contribute to that change, then there's no mm-hmm. point in right even talking about it. Like it has to be talked about and it has to be an actionable item. So yeah. if you're listening, I urge yeah. you to do more than just donate to, although donating is always very helpful, donating to organizations to help Black Lives Matter, but also make those changes in your within your circle. Have those conversations and make those promises that you're going to show up in or not show up to any situation where you notice an empty seat that needs to be filled by a per- by a black person specifically. Um, so that's my hot take on that. Miriam, what were you going to say before I just talked yeah. to you? Sorry. Well, I just want to, yeah, speaking, you know, because our audience, I would assume we don't have the exact data, but I get a sense just based on who DMs us that our audience is, heavily white right it's it's primarily white listeners and so kyleen i by no means want you to make make you feel like you know the representation of all black diabetics obviously but i'm hoping from your personal experience if you can kind of 
tune into our listeners or give our listeners a sense of what what you feel is different as a black diabetic um, or black mm-hmm. person with diabetes. And if there's differences that you're noticing at doctor's offices, obviously misdiagnosis. I I have to assume race was Absolutely. was involved in that misdiagnosis. Absolutely. And so, you know, just things like that are things that you notice that feel different for so, you. Um, healthcare workers, we have to stop assuming that all black people, and I'm only speaking for my black community. Um, mm-hmm. You have to stop assuming that when we come into your doctor's office, that we are automatically type two. That's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Hear us out. Do the same testings that you would do if someone my age walked into your office and was a white man or a white woman. That's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Give us the same education and information that you would someone else treat me like I'm your family is what I always mm-hmm. tell because I work in healthcare so that's what I always tell my staff treat mm-hmm. treat that patient the same way you want someone to treat your family members you or your family when mm-hmm. they walk into your office or they call you on the phone don't just assume that we're doing something wrong because that's not the case Mm-hmm. In online in the online community, as a black person, I see, and I hate to use this word influencers because we all influence someone in some shape, form, or way. But we mm-hmm. see so many white men and women who are promoting products, who are giving you discount codes for a product, who are showing up at award shows, speaking on panels, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just having all of these opportunities. And how often do I see a black person? It's not often. Mm -hmm. And then if I do see a black person, it's the same black person. But it's one black person to 10 white men or women. And as a black person, I get immediately turned off because A, I cannot relate. Right. B, mm-hmm. I feel like my money doesn't, in speaking to companies and products and things like that, I feel like my money doesn't, like all you care about is my money. You don't care about me using your product. And let me know, now is not the time for you to jump in everybody's DM with a <laughs> sob story of how you want to support us when... Mm-hmm. You would you just started following someone. While it's okay, the approach has to be genuine. We mm-hmm. know bullshit when we see it. And my DMs, I'm only going to speak for myself, my DMs have been popping since the, the past three weeks. Some genuine, some not I'm genuine. Sure. And I'm not responding to everybody because while we want you to represent us, we want you to represent us genuinely. And if you're not genuine, Mm -hmm. don't send me a message because I'm not replying. And (laughs) I think I can speak for a lot of us. We're not replying if you're not genuine. But Mm -hmm. show us. Our money is green. Just like you want me to spend $60, $70 on your products, I need you to reach out and have that equal representation out here promoting your products, sitting on your panels, but doing it right. If you're paying for someone to fly out to you 
or you're covering their hotel fares and things like that, do it for us too. Don't invite me to something, but then tell me I need to pay. But then I'm talking to some of my white friends who are on these panels and they're not paying anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Do it equally. Though to the, to the people listening, especially those who have merchandise and rep, sit on these board panels and things like that, we talk to some of the people that sit on these panels and sell these products and promote for you. So we know that you're paying them and you're not trying to pay us. Treat us <laughs> equally. It's no need, like, mm-hmm. treat us equally. And as a black woman, it it's horrible that these young girls have their moms reaching out to me saying, I don't see it. I'm so thankful for you because I took my daughter here and she didn't see anyone that looked like you or look like me. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be the case. Right. I just ask them to do better. You know, don't post a yeah. black post for Blackout Tuesday, but you aren't purchasing anything from a black person. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, or you're sharing, you know, now times are different. Everyone, you know, has been financially hurt in some sort of way. So share the post, share that product. Pass on, but mean it when you say, I want to share this product with you, or I want to pass up my seat for my black brother and sister to sit at this panel. Don't just say it one time, do it. Also, you don't need to tell us that you're doing it. You don't have to post to the world to let us know that you're doing something (laughs) because that comes off like you want kudos. It's also like negates the whole point of it. Yep. I just, I mean, like I was seeing everyone posting about, um, now this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn and send help. <laughs> I should just not ahead. I've started. Sorry. It's, I'm going here. Um, like as soon as uh, the protest started in Missouri and I, you know, noticed obviously the the need for, for bail funds, I donated to the Missouri Bail Fund Relief. Like, for protesters who are getting arrested. And that was like, I never posted about that. No right. one needs to know that. Like, that is mm-hmm. not the point. The point is that the money that I donated and that anyone who actually made the effort and donated is going to help someone make bail. That mm-hmm. is literally the point for protesting, yep. for, for, you know, using their First Amendment right. Because yep. it is, it's an amendment right. And that was taken away. And that money is going directly towards that. And like, it could just be the generations of lawyers in my family that made me boil over when, when I saw that hitting the news. But the fact that that's been happening for so many years and is just now really, you know, at the forefront of everyone's mind is also a part of the problem. So I think that posting about stuff to bring awareness is good, but posting about things and also being cognizant of what you're saying and how it might come across is more important yes. mm-hmm. because you don't want to be a fair weather friend. This isn't about, you know, looking good in the moment. This is about a life change. Right. And, and you have to be careful when you do that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to social media and say, hey, so... I turned down five different sponsorships because I told them that they need to reach out to black people. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you want you want me to say thank Congrats. you. Yeah, like a pat <laughs> on the you back. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, like 
that that's not it. You mm-hmm. should be doing that. We shouldn't even have to be. We shouldn't even be holding these conversations. Mm-hmm. It should have been done in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, so no, I'm not going to congratulate you or pat you on your back and say you good job. Mm-hmm. Right. You did something that is right. Because you're a decent exactly. human being. Decent. Like at the end of the day, that's, exactly. that's that's the message. Like, oh my God, thank you so much for not being a piece of dirt. Like, right. literally, what are you expecting? And mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to bash anyone who's posting things like that. And I think earlier on in this, um, like when things were really starting to hit the news and this became like front page everything I think it's easy to get swept up and make your stance known being like hey I'm not trying like I'm not an asshole I believe in this um and for those of you that you know maybe were silent during that but still putting your money where your mouth wasn't that's fine too like as long as you know at the end of the day that what you're doing is right and you are actually taking a stand and doing something to help change the world then Mm -hmm. I think no matter how you're posting or not posting is fine to an extent, but I think that now that we're we're into this and we're actually trying to put in the work, it is important to take a step back and look at those things. Absolutely, yeah. because you know I I completely agree with you. You know we I never want to bash anyone, but we just want to let you know that yes, we see you and we appreciate you, but it's a time and a place for everything, mm-hmm, and right. perception is also everything. You know, you can't go from not supporting to every other post, stand with black people, I stand with black people, because mm-hmm. then it starts, you, you, you start to question, is this really genuine? Are they yeah. really doing this? Um, you know, so you, you have to be very self-aware when you are posting certain things, because you don't want to come off as an asshole, but mm-hmm. you also <laughs> want to make sure that you're doing it to be genuine and not to for people to to pat your back and give you an applause because you stood up and said I'm giving up my seat or I think that they should use this person to sponsor them or whatever the case may be because don't don't pat yourself on the back just yet just because <laughs> you reached out to them doesn't mean that they reached out to any of us yeah. Right, you know, pat yourself on the back when you start to see the actual change. Yeah, because just because you said something or you told somebody something doesn't mean that they are taking the action either. So mm-hmm. we can't congr- we can't do any celebrating. Now still isn't the time to celebrate. We can't celebrate until we actually see the change. Mm-hmm. Until we right. start to see more black and brown people, more people of color at these events, on these panels, at these conferences. Um, in the various blog posts and on, you know, in different ads and asking you to buy something and supporting and whatnot. Once we start to see that, then we can celebrate. But mm-hmm. until then, we still can't celebrate. I think that yeah. there is a lot of, uh, there's a long road ahead, but yep. hopefully we're, we're starting to take the right steps in the right direction. Exactly. And I think that's the key. It's, it's, it's one thing to understand the issue and to learn about the issues that we're dealing with, but you got to take it one step further than that. You have to take it from understanding to, to action. Yep. And I think very slowly but surely we're, we're working towards action, but it's obviously it's not enough yet, but I'm committing to, to changing my role in this. And I, I know Emily is as well. And I hope our listeners 
can take something from this episode and learn that, you know, we have to take one more step. We have to get out of our comfort zone to, to acknowledge the systemic issues that we're dealing with. And not to be salty, but if this episode rubbed you the wrong way, you can go ahead and unfollow because that is not the type of pancreas pal we want in the world. Um, (laughs) Was that too dark? I don't know. Not that they need to unfollow, but I think this is just like your pathway to acknowledging like, okay, this is something that makes me uncomfortable and I should probably learn now why. Why am I feeling uncomfortable? Because it's okay to have a comfortable conversation. They just need to be held. Mm -hmm. So... You know, if if you don't understand why we're loud, why we why we're fighting, and why we have our allies who are fighting, now's the time for you to do your research and find out why. Mm-hmm. You know, take a look and go scroll some of these companies' Instagram pages or their websites, and do it with the open mind. Mm-hmm. And when you're scrolling and you you realize that you're 500 posts down and then you finally come across a black and brown person, mm-hmm. then it clicks. Then you understand why we're doing this, why our allies are standing next to us, while, why they are calling you out mm-hmm. for a change. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, a good way to, to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Kylene. I mean, we truly appreciate you taking the time and we know you can't speak for anyone, but your, your insight has been truly valuable mm-hmm. and the work that you're doing for everyone in the community is just amazing. And, you know, you're, you're a full-time human, like and a full-time <laughs> pancreas. And I believe you have a kid, right? Like this is just like, so much going on in the world right now and you take <laughs> this 40 minutes to talk with us is not lost on us so yeah and thank the, you so much. i love if you want to take a moment you were telling us earlier that you have your own podcast and your own and you have a shop with t-shirts and stuff so by all means share sure promote so yourself I, we'd love <laughs> to have you <laughs> so i i do sell uh, merchandise um check it out it's www.blackdiabeticgirl.com mm-hmm. um, I also have a podcast with two of my girlfriends Amelia and Liz and it's called Chatting with Everyday Diabetics we're not for children um, but we really <laughs> discuss just everyday life with diabetes like mm-hmm. living with it and it's literally just sitting down with your girlfriends talking about it um, so sounds like I have a podcast yeah. right, right. right up it's our alley that's exactly what it is it's you pulled up a chair with your homegirls and you and we're talking about being a diabetic. Mm-hmm. We should have a crossover episode, honestly. We should. We uh, could definitely do that. Let's talk. We could definitely talk about it. I love it. Love it. Um, we we all have diabetes. I think right. if there's anything you've learned at the end of this episode, if you're not diabetic, it's that we all have diabetes. Yep. <laughs> so on that note, I'm gonna do my little wrap up, but please follow Kyleen at black diabetic girl on instagram she is dope and you should definitely check it out please follow us on instagram at pancreas underscore pals follow us on facebook at pancreas pals pp slide into our dms or email us at pancreas pals one two three at gmail.com um stay safe stay healthy out there everyone we are still in the midst of a pandemic um (laughs) Don't forget, and also keep up the the fight for for what's right. So 
we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and we hope that you've you've learned something and that this has been a good resource i know miriam and i have learned something Mm -hmm. and um we're just grateful to have had you here kylene so check out her podcast and yeah I, I like am so bad at wrapping things up. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop talking now. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Have a nice <laughs> <Bye>. day. <laughs>